Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. We just give this time to you now, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are here with us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It sounds a little loud. Is it a little loud? Might be me. I don't know. Sounds loud. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Matt Merzina. (laughs) This awesome pulpit he made. So that I wouldn't lose all my Bibles and my notes off the side. And you might notice here on the front, angel wings and a bouquet of wheat. It's just amazing. (laughs) Thank you, Matt. A special place for my water bottle so I'm not constantly going like this. (laughs) And a little ledge here so that things don't fall on the ground. Yay! Isn't he amazing? Let's give Matt a hand. Thank you. Amen. I kind of don't know what to do. I've got more room than I've ever had before. (laughs) I can spread everything out. Okay, we're going to have the title of the message up there. It is coming. So this was another one of those uh, Sundays where... Let's see, Monday, I felt like the Lord spoke to me a word. Let's see. Tuesday, it seemed like it was all coming together. Wednesday, I'm good. Let's see. Saturday, I type it up. And this morning, it all got changed. (laughs) But that's what I'm going to be speaking about. So that should not be a surprise, right? As I'm eating breakfast this morning, I'm writing the typed out part. I don't even know if I'm going to use it. The rest of it, it's a bunch of notes I have scribbled down at the bottom. So anyway... But the title of my message is, Prepare, Prepare, Prepare. And the scripture is, the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And that is Proverbs 16.1. So anyway, um, Mark and I were uh, praying together uh, here one day this past week, and uh, I was asking the Lord to speak to me about what to share today, and I felt like he, I just kept hearing the words, prepare, prepare, prepare. I thought, what does that mean? I mean, that was on Monday. That was the day before the election happened, you know? And, um, you know, I thought maybe it had to do with that. I wasn't sure. And then, then I felt like, um, I just saw a picture of of the earth, and um, I just felt like I was just shaking. I felt like the Lord was just shaking it like this. Uh, to the point that it was uh, cracking open, you know, and, and there was uh, lava or something spewing out of it. I thought, what in the world is that, Lord, you know? And anyway, I just feel like um, the land is shifting and the earth is crying out. Uh, we're going to go over some scriptures on that. There's scriptures about the earth crying out and pangs of birth, like contractions are coming forth in the earth. And I'm going to be showing a little bit about that, the Lord willing, but he changed it up on me, so we'll see. Anyway, we'll start out there. So, I want to read the, the, the Passion Translation for this scripture, because the, the Passion Translation really uh, calls it out. It says, go ahead and make all the plans you want, but it's the Lord who will ultimately direct your steps. 
I'm an example of that. I made plans for this message. Uh, <laughs> it's, the Lord's directing my steps. It's not going the way I thought it was going to go. Okay, it says, we're all in love with our own opinions, convinced they're correct, but the Lord is in the midst of us, testing us and probing our every motive. Before you do anything, put your trust totally in God and not in yourself. That's wisdom, right? The Hebrew and the Aramaic says, the Lord gives the right reply, okay? And then in um, Jeremiah 10, 23, it says, Oh, Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. And at that time, um, Jeremiah was... He was a very persecuted prophet, and he was prophesying uh, to the people of the land that they were living in sin, that they needed to repent, and they hated him. In fact, uh, they threw him in prison, they persecuted him, and yet, you know, he, he kept prophesying because uh, one, of, one of, the, of the scriptures that is in Jeremiah says, where if the Lord was like fire shut up in my bones and I could not contain it. Even though he didn't want to prophesy anymore, he didn't want to tell them what the Lord was saying because they didn't want to hear it. He did it because the spirit of the Lord was firing up inside and he couldn't hold in. I know what that's like. There's been times that I have told the Lord one time for, I think it was for a year, maybe two years, I was so upset because of uh, what somebody had told me that I just said, I put my sign out up here and said, okay, that's it. I'm done. Don't call on me to say a thing because I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm not prophesying ever again. And then, after a period of time, I couldn't take it anymore. I felt like I was going to explode. And so then I started being obedient to the Lord. It's always good to listen to what the Lord's telling you to do, even if it's not something pleasant, even if people don't like you for it. Okay, and then in Proverbs 20, 24, it says, A man's steps are of the Lord. How, then, can a man understand his own way? That's a good question. How can we understand our way? If our steps are from the Lord, how, how can we understand it? Right? We can't unless we're asking of the Lord, unless we're inquiring of him and asking him what we're to do. It's the Lord who directs your life. For each step you take is ordained by God to bring you closer to your destiny. Okay, that's why he directs us. He wants to bring us closer to the destiny he has for each one of us. He has a plan for each one of your lives, okay? And um, he will direct your life if you allow him to. It's not something that automatically happens, okay? So much of your life then remains a mystery. And the Aramaic reads again here, so what man is capable of ordering his way? That's the Passion Translation. And then in Proverbs 19:21, there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. And that's Proverbs 19:21. Okay, so now I'm going to shift a little bit here. So I felt the land shifting, the earth crying out, the earth seemingly splitting open, and the very land crying out for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. That's us. We're the sons and daughters of God. And that's not only us, that's those who do not know the Lord yet that he's going to bring in because revival is stirring in the land. Revival is stirring. So Romans 8, 19 to 22 is a scripture that talks about that. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. It says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. 
For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with earth pangs together until now. And that is what I am sensing. I am sensing the earth groaning, just groaning, groaning for revival, groaning for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God, groaning to hear from us the message the Lord has for them. So it is time for us to prepare. I believe the prepare, prepare, prepare is because we're on the brink of revival and we need to be ready to preach the gospel. We need to be prepared. We need to be prepared for whatever is coming in the physical, whether that means um, having our food supplies in order, um, having our finances in order, you know, having our uh, careers, whatever, in order, have, having our family in order so that we're ready and prepared so that we have that to give to others so that we're not out there lost and fumbling around trying to figure out what to do. But no, we're giving life. We're speaking words of life, okay? So the other thing I felt like the Lord was saying was what he spoke to John the Baptist, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. Okay, now when he spoke that to John the Baptist, he was talking about John the Baptist coming before him, and then Jesus appeared, and John baptized all these people, and he also baptized Jesus. Well, I believe, again, the Lord is saying, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare for me to arrive on the scene and revival to break out. Prepare the people. Prepare for the un unbelievers. Prepare to preach to them. Get ready, because it's coming. I'm about to do those miracles, those things we were singing about today. Thank you, Lord. That's exciting. Okay, Jeremiah 10.10. But the Lord is a true God. He is the living God and everlasting king. And at his wrath, the earth will tremble, and the nations will not be able to endure his indignation. Okay? And then, let's see, in Jeremiah 10, 12 to 13, it says... He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens at his discretion. When he utters his voice, there's a multitude of waters in the heavens. He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes the lightning for the rain and he brings the wind out of his treasuries. This is the God we serve. He's amazing. He can do whatever he wants, you know. He can cause it to rain. He can cause the wind to blow. He can cause the earth to shake. Just, just the other night, we had a major earthquake that just sh about shook me out of my bed. I thought, okay, Lord, I get it. I'm going to preach on that. All right, there is trembling. <laughs> Thank you. Can we, can we please not have that, that big of a confirmation? I didn't like that. You know, it was really bad at our house. It took me, I think, a couple hours to get back to sleep. You know, and my heart was pounding. I thought, is the house going to fall down? And I thought, okay, the earth is trembling. It's okay. God's in control, right? I don't know why, but I always get tried on my messages. I have to live them out before I actually preach them. Great, huh? It's because I'm a prophet. That's what happens to prophets. <laughs> anyway, I didn't ask for that, by the way. That just happens to be what I got. Careful what you ask for, okay? You might get it. <laughs> All right. Okay, so Job in Job 9, 6 to 8, he shakes the earth out of its place, and its pillars tremble. He commands the sun, and it does not rise. He seals off the st stars. He alone spreads out the heaven and treads on the waves of the sea. And then, in, in, um, I've got a couple more scriptures on this before I go into the other part. In Hebrews 12, 26, it says, The earth was rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain. 
But now he's promised, once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. That was in the Passion Translation. Okay, I believe he's shaking the systems of the world right now. I mean, it certainly seems like that. There's so much happening in our, in our nation right now. It's just crazy. That could be God shaking us. He wants our attention. He does. I believe it's working. I believe he's getting our attention because we don't know what to do. So we're finally crying out to him. We've decided we can't figure it out, that we don't know what we're doing. That, yeah, he has a way. We don't know what we're doing, but he has a way. You know, we finally figured that out. I was listening to somebody speak yesterday that was uh, preaching down in South Bay. He said, this is a good thing. We're finally awake. America finally woke up out of her sleep. I thought, doesn't feel good. That's great, but yay. <laughs> you know, but it's true. Sometimes God has to use major uh, events, major uh, disasters, or you know, uh, systems falling apart, world systems falling apart, or whatever, to get our attention. Okay, and I believe that's what He's doing. Okay, and then let's see. Matthew ten ten nineteen talks about. Um, an instance in the Bible that tells us not to be concerned about what we say. And it's talking about when civil rulers make us answer for our faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will teach us what to say. Now, that's the only specific instance in the Bible that tells us not to be concerned about what we say. The rest of it, the Lord's always telling us to watch what we speak, you know, to speak the right words, do this, do that. But in that instance, he says... Um, you don't have to think about what you're going to say when you're confronted by rulers or whoever, they hold you into court or whatever, or are being persecuted, because the Holy Spirit will give you in that hour what to say. Okay, now a good example of this, this is where it went a little south this morning. I shouldn't say south, because when the Lord speaks, it doesn't go south. It's the right thing, right? Even if I don't think that. <laughs> We're going to talk about Balaam. Yay! Numbers 22. This is the reference. If you study out that scripture, the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer is from the Lord. It actually references Balaam. So in Numbers 22, 24, I have to make sure which, script, which version I read this in because I've got a couple of different versions up here. Anyway, the, um, I don't think it was this one. Um, Balaam was a prophet. He was a diviner. And um, Balak was a king in that time, okay? And he sent for Balaam because the children of Israel had moved and camped in the plains of Moab. I'm reading in uh, Numbers 22 right now. And he was upset when he saw all of Israel because he knew what they had done to the other countries around him. And he looked at all these people and uh, says he was exceedingly afraid of the people because there were many and he was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So he told his elders, he said, hey, there's this um, uh, prophet guy named Balaam that we're going to send a message to and have him come, here, come up here and curse these people. This is what he thought. He thought he was going to curse them. So he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of uh, Peor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people. And he said, look, people's come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. To me, therefore, please come at once and curse his people, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and whom you curse is cursed. See, he knew the guy was a prophet, you know. So he sent uh, his people over there, 
And uh, Balaam told him to uh, wait. He was going to go talk to the Lord about it. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. So Balaam rose in the morning, and he, went back to, he sent his people back to Balak. He said, go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. So the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. And this guy's not going to give up. So then he sent again princes, more numerous and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me, but I will certainly honor you greatly and will do whatever you say to me. See, now he's trying to bribe him, you know, bribe him with things. Therefore, please come and curse his people for me. And Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. That's, that's a good thing for us to think about when we're thinking about doing something. You don't want to go against what the Lord says to do. Now, therefore, please, you also stay here tonight that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. And God came to Balaam the night and said, If the men come to call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that shall you do. Anyway, so he saddled his donkey, and um, I'm not going to read all of this part because i got a part over here I'm going to read. He, he went on to go to meet up with them, and uh, the angel of the Lord resisted him. Talking about angels. The angel of the Lord resisted him, and his donkey saw the angel. First, he slammed his leg up against a wall, and, and uh, Balak beat the, he beat the donkey. Uh, and then he, um, then he laid down, the donkey laid down, because he saw the angel of the Lord, and he was afraid. You know, I mean, if I saw an angel, I'd probably be freaked out, too. Big angel, you know, the donkey sees him. Balak doesn't see him, you know, so he's just beating his donkey. No, Balaam, not, this is Balaam, not Balak. And anyway, and then... Um, the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. God, get the prophet's attention. How would you like it if a donkey spoke to you? And the donkey said, what have I done to you that you have struck this, me three times? The donkey's speaking to him now. And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have abused me, I wish there were a sword in my hand. For now, I would kill you. Donkey says this to the guy, right? Pretty far out. So the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey? I want you to have ridden ever since I became yours to this day. Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. Yeah, he probably should. Yeah, yeah. I probably would do that too. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. So I th I've always thought this an interesting scripture because Balaam asked the Lord if he should go. He told him no, and then he asked him again, and he told him yes. So actually, he was doing what the Lord told him to do, but that wasn't really what the Lord wanted him to do because he said, Your way is perverse. He said, your way is perverse. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, I would have killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. Suddenly he realizes, okay, I made a bigger error. I'm going to turn back. You know, two ladies already in it. He's got he's to go through with it now. He missed it. He says, the angel of the Lord says to Balaam, go with the man, but only the word that I speak to you, that you will speak. So Balaam went with the princess of Balak, okay? And when he gets to Balak, Balak says to him, 
Look, I've come to you. Now have, any, now have I any power at all to say anything? The word that God puts in my mouth, that I must speak. Because Balak before that was saying, did I not earnestly send for you, calling for you? Didn't I give you things? Didn't I tell you I'd give you all this stuff? And he said, I don't care. I'm only going to speak what the Lord tells me to speak. See, that, that needs to be our attitude in this hour that we are in, the situation we are in. We need to speak the word of the Lord, you know, to whoever the Lord is telling it, us to speak to. Whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, I'm going to be political now, <laughs> an independent or whoever, we need to speak the word of the Lord because the Lord is moving, okay? And we can't curse somebody that the Lord doesn't curse. And if we're speaking against somebody, we're actually cursing them, okay? So we go over here into chapter um, 23, and um, Balaam starts uh, prophesying over him. And in verse 18, he took up this oracle and he said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, you son of Zippor. He's got his attention now, right? God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless you, and he that has blessed, I cannot reverse. I'm not going to read the rest of it, just that part there. We need to remember that. God's not a man, okay? And he is not going to lie, nor a son of man, that he should repent. And if he says something, he's going to do it. So if he tells us to say something, we need to do it. Okay, so then we go over in chapter 24, and he prophesies four prophecies, he does, uh, to uh, Balak. And, ba you know, Balak just doesn't get it. You know, he just is refusing to... Uh, do any of this. And eventually Israel went into harlot Israel went into harlotry and Moab and all these things happened, but the Lord was still with them. And uh, the final thing he said here in verse 15, he says, So he took up his oracle and said, The utterance of Balaam, the son of Bayar, and the utterance of the man whose eyes are opened. His eyes were opened. The utterance of him who hears the words of God and has the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, who falls down with eyes wide open. We need to have God's vision in this hour. We need to see how he's seeing, not what we think. You know, we can't be looking at man and, and honoring man. I, I think personally that we put too much emphasis on man, and that's why we got who we got. That's my opinion. That's what I think. You know, it may not be done yet. It might, he might, you know, President Trump might get elected. I don't know. But anyway, we can't have our eyes as believers on man, no matter who it is. We've got to have our eyes on God. Because if we don't, you know, the Lord's going to rebuke us like he did Balak. He's going to say, you're not looking at me. You're looking at what you want to do. Again, that scripture, the preparations of the heart are from man, but the counsel is from the Lord. The counsel of God is in what stands. Okay. So, anyway, he says here... Um, the utterance of, okay, I said the vision, okay, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and batter the brow of Moab, and destroy all the sons of Tumult. And Edom shall be a possession, Seir also his enemies shall be a possession, while Israel does valiantly. Out of Jacob one shall have dominion and destroy the remains of the city. Then he looked on Amalek, and he took up his oracle and said, Amalek was first among the nations, but shall be last until he perishes. Then he looked on the Kenites and took up this oracle and said, Firm is your dwelling place, and your nest is set in the rock. Nevertheless, Cain shall be buried. How long until Asher carries you away captive? 
Then he took up his work and said, Alas, who shall live when God does this? But ships shall come from the coast of Cyprus, and they shall afflict Asher and afflict Eber, and so, so shall Amalek until he perishes. And Balaam rose and departed and returned to his place, and Balak also went his way. So um, that didn't work, uh, Balak trying to bribe uh, Balaam. He gave him, says he gave him diviner's fees. He paid him all this money. He offered him a house and much gold. And uh, Balaam, got, he sought the Lord, and he got corrected. And he said, I don't care what you give me. I'm not going to say anything but what God says. And that is how we need to be in this hour. Okay, and then in James, let's see, I've got a couple more scriptures. James 4, 13 to 15, it looks like that is in a different Bible here. I'll put this over here. Lots of room, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> I can spread everything out. Okay, we're going to James 4, verses 13 to 15, and I am reading this in the Passion Bible. Listen, those of you who are boasting, today or tomorrow we'll go to another city and spend some time and go into business and make heaps of profit. You know, and I think that's what uh, Balak, Balak was saying. You know, he was saying, we're just going to make money off these Israelites, you know. We're going to make a lot of profit. But you don't have a clue what tomorrow may bring. For your fleeting life is but a warm breath of air that is visible in the cold, only for a moment, and then it vanishes. Instead, you should say, our tomorrows are in the Lord's hands, and if he is willing, we will live life to his fullest and do this or do that. Okay, and that, that really uh, pertains to where we are right now in this country. Uh, we need to be saying that our tomorrows are in the Lord's hands. God is in control. It doesn't matter who is president, God is in control. That is the final word. God's in control, okay? And he's going to have his way. He will have his way. Okay, so then I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians 3, 5. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation, too. I wish I'd hurry up and get the Old Testament uh, translated into the Passion Version, because I like it. Probably taking more time. <laughs> okay, 3, 5 says... Yet we don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength, for our true competence flows from God's empowering presence. And if you're walking in the presence of the Lord, there's not anything that you can't do because he will empower you. I mean, I know that because I've experienced that. You know, I could not get up here and preach if the presence of the Lord wasn't with me. I'm serious. I always ask the Lord every time when I'm asked to minister, Lord, let your, let your presence be with me. I want your anointing. I'm not going to get up there if I don't have your anointing. If you're not with me, forget it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't want to tell you guys a bunch of mumble jumble. I want you to hear what the Lord is speaking, okay? And I love this scripture. We don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength. I certainly don't think that. And none of us should think that. Our true competence flows from God's empowering presence. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you that your presence is here right now. I can just feel the presence of God here. It's amazing. Yes, thank you, Lord. So the Aramaic uh, that goes with this scripture, the preparations of the, um, I want to start out with here, the preparations of the um, 
heart belong to man, but the answer to the tongue is from the Lord. The Aramaic says, from man is the counsel of the heart, and from the Lord is the speech of the tongue. Okay, and a lot of times when I was talking about uh, the heart, the Bible was talking about thoughts, man's thoughts, man's plans, okay? And um, it's the counsel of the Lord, the speech of the tongue. From the Lord is the speech of the tongue. But we have to, we have to uh, prepare ourselves for that. We have to prepare ourselves mentally, physically, spiritually, that we are in tune with the Lord. So that in this uh, time, the season that we're living in our country, we can be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's who we need to be. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. That means like, um, like what Mark was talking about this morning that the COVID task force came up with. Yeah, we might not like it, but we're going to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Because we love one another, because we're a family, we're going to honor one another. And we may not like it. I don't think that I necessarily like it, but I'm going to do it because it's what we need to do in this hour, okay? I don't want our uh, church to be uh, shut down. But anyway, at the same time, when, when all, all the things happening in our country, politically, we have a new president that's about to be sworn in unless something else happens, which it could. We need to be praying about that. We, we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves when we talk to one another, too. Believers and unbelievers, okay? It's not going to get anybody one to the Lord if you're out there ranting and raving because the person you wanted elected didn't get elected. No, they're just going to look at you and say, why would we want to be a part of whatever they believe in? You know, we can get that in the world. Why would we want that? That's not the Lord, okay? That is not the heart of God. God is not a Democrat. He's not a Republican, okay? He's God, okay? None of that, none of that, I don't think any of that really matters to him. Yeah, it probably matters to him a little bit, but not maybe as much as we think it matters. So we need to be above board in this time. We need to be walking wisely, uh, talking wisely, asking the Lord to direct our speech because uh, we can make plans what we're going to do, and the Lord might have another, another way he wants us to go, you know, and we need to be open to that, willing to change. Um, I was thinking um, when I was putting this message together, I don't have it right in front of me now, but I was thinking back on that word that the Lord gave us uh, back in the middle of September, and one of the things that he said, which I think pertains to now, he said the great change is coming. Okay, we might have thought great change was COVID. No, I think great change is the election, too. I think it's all of it. And he said, but uh, keep your eyes on me, and you will have peace in the midst of chaos. And then the other thing he said was, if I say go, go. If I say stay, stay. And listen to me. I think it's very important right now that we hear from the Lord, okay? That's part of the prepare, prepare, prepare. I'm shaking the earth. Get ready. We will have peace if we have our eyes on him, and we will be protected, and there's going to be a great harvest because people are looking for answers, and we have it. Yay, we've got the answer. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is in control. There is no other God. He is the only true God. There is no Muslim God. There is no other God. All the other gods, there is no God. There's one God, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And that's what we need to tell people when they come to us. Oh, but there's all these religions of the world and you get to God through all of them. No, there's one way, one way only. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. 
That's it. Nobody else. And we need to be strong in that in this hour because the things that are coming forth in our land that are being put forth are all kinds of other gods, all kinds of other systems that are ungodly. And we have got to start speaking out, speaking out boldly, not holding back, speaking out, taking authority over demonic spirits, sending forth our angels to do battle. When we were having strategic prayer the other night, we were praying over the United States. And uh, at one point, I was calling forth the captain of the host. The host is the angels. The captain of the host is Jesus. We as believers have the right to call forth God's messengers, angels, into battle. That is scriptural. We can do that. We can call them forth against the demons of hell, and we will see results. It's time to rise up. Family, it's time to rise up. We are part of the army of God. There is a great harvest. We need our eyes to be open and to be speaking the truth into the dark places. So when somebody talks to you about uh, something that maybe you don't agree with, maybe they wanted somebody elected that you didn't want elected, listen to God. Say what God says, not what your emotion says. Oh, I don't like that guy. I don't believe what he says, and I don't like you either. Yeah, that's going to get somebody saved. They're going to look at you and say, you're absolutely crazy and I don't want anything to do with you. Why would I want to have anything to do with you? We need to walk in a place of humility. Humility. Hearing from the Lord. Hearing from him. What are you saying, Lord? Not, not being like um, um, Balak who was wanting to curse the people because he didn't like them. He wanted to curse Israel because he thought, these are too many people. I don't like them. I'm going to call a curse on them. And the Lord said to Balaam, no, you will not curse his people. They are blessed. They are blessed. They are my people. That's how God feels about us. We're his people. He loves us. He loves us. And as long as we're looking to him and, and asking for his counsel and speaking what he wants us to speak, we will be protected. People will get saved and we'll have peace in the midst of chaos. So again... From man is the counsel of the heart, and from the Lord is the speech of the tongue. So we need to make sure our tongues are speaking what God wants us to speak in this dark hour. And I believe there's going to be miracles happening. If, if, we, if the Lord directs us to say something, we say it. I think people are going to get saved on the spot. They're going to get healed right there. They're going to get delivered, and there's going to be great revival. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's what I have. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, as we're closing, Lord, I just want to pray over us. Lord, you said to prepare, prepare, prepare. Lord, I just pray that you speak to each one here, Lord God, each family, each son, each daughter, how to prepare. Because, Lord, I know you want to prepare each one of us individually and as families and as a church as well. Lord, help us to prepare, prepare, prepare. And thank you, God, that you are in control. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.